0: That's John Cleary recording his latest album, So Swell, at Esplanade Studios in New Orleans, way back in 2019. Until now, the tracks laid down over those two days were only available on a limited edition vinyl release. But now they can be heard by anyone, anywhere. Here's John to tell us about making it.
1: already an old record <laughs> so right, lot, right right a lot of stuff that goes on between the last note being played in the studio and and it actually shipping out as a finished record uh-huh. uh, we recorded it in a couple of days before um the lockdown started that's how right. uh, old it is we i think we did it in 2019 i'm guessing um so um so it's out now and um so we've been touring and i play a couple of songs from the record on on the on the tour yep and um yeah people like everyone i've spoken to seems to really really like it it's How a not? <laughs> yeah well it was a very um it was a very uh, honest um basic old old fashioned recording Right. approach uh, basically yes. set up in a room uh in 2 days and recorded a whole album and um And that was actually why I did it. That was the appeal to me because my last few records have been really studio records. I enjoy making studio albums. I think there's a distinction between um, what you play on a gig and what you can do now with records. You know, it's a different medium. It's a different... You're painting with... uh, Painting on a different canvas, really, with a studio thing. So I enjoy both sides of that spectrum. But this was uh, for, uh, as I say, initially for for, uh, a New York label. And the deal was, you know... It's low budget, you go in the studio for, for two days and that's what you get. There you uh, go. So I got some really good musicians and uh,
0: we knocked yeah. it out. So yeah. this version,
1: yeah. I think, it was kind of fun to do it that way for a change.
0: Cool. I see it closes off with a version of Since I Fell For You.
1: I don't have and, and I don't have and dreams. Oh, I, I don't have anything, baby.
0: Since I don't, since I don't have you <laughs> awesome.
1: Yeah, I love that song. i have just been I'd been doing it on a, on my solo gigs. I do a lot of solo gigs um as a way of keeping the New Orleans piano just the solo piano thing going. Right, it was it was um, starting to wane by the time I arrived. Really, here in, in forty years ago, and uh, there are some great piano players in New Orleans, but there are very few piano players who sing and can and play the traditional stuff.
0: Gotcha. And so,
1: I mean, apart from being a way to pay the bills, I think it's also um, um, important to, uh, if possible, to to keep that thing going so people can actually come to a bar and hear. Traditional New Orleans piano playing, and but in that context, you know, I mix it up, and right. I can do whatever I want, really. So um, I love that all those lovely songs from that era. So uh, yeah. something I've been playing on the gig, and I just decided to to cut a version on the record.
0: Cool. cool. Now tell me about the other folks you got playing with you on it. They're all I know. They all their names all begin with J. So let's them all together.
1: I think I think if we start with Johnny, back, it's, it's John, John, Johnny, James, and Jim. Yeah. And I, th- I thought, man, it'd be great if we did actually ever went out and do any gigs. I could call the band the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Faux Jays. Yeah. Either F A U X or F O apostrophe, because there's four of us. So the Faux Jays. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And um, great rhythm section. Right. James, uh, where to start? Well, I'll start with James Rivers. James Rivers is a tennis saxophone player, and we've been friends for many years. James is now 85 or 86. Frankie. Or 87 even. Uh, still playing really, really great. He played in uh, Huey Piano Smith's band. Nice. Um, he played on some of the classic, two of the classic Professor Longhair Mardi Gras records. Right. It's him on Big Chief and on Go to the Mardi Gras. He's also on Carnival Time by Al Johnson, which is a big Mardi Gras tune. And he's also on Second Line, which is the other one of the other big... He plays on four of the major of the six big Mardi Gras tunes that get played every year right, right. Sort from of the 1950s and 60s. So oh, he's the man. Um, yeah. He plays that old style. He plays the old kind of Lee Allen style. Right. Um, yep. So he's real. So that's that's the tennis sax player. Um, Johnny Vidakovich, and James Singleton are the drummer and bass player. And they really get hired a lot as a unit. They um, are really, really good at something that's quintessentially New Orleans, which is uh, an unusual approach to time. Where yeah. you, New Orleans is very laid back, as you probably know. Yep. <laughs> and, um, very, there's a way of playing here which can be really lazy, where you kind of almost stretch and exaggerate time and then make it up again. It's uh, an interesting approach. They both played with Professor Longhair, Johnny Budakovich is on the Crawfish Fiesta record um, and they both also played with James Booker they're on the last James Booker record Right, right Between Johnny, James and James, I have the musicians that accompanied Alan Toussaint Professor Longhair, Dr. John and Huey Piano-Smith Right and, and James Booker
0: Not a bad pedigree <laughs>
1: Not a bad pedigree at all. But they're just, you know, they're working local musicians. There's lots of great rhythm sections here. but yep. I, I They have a certain thing that, that that they do that i really like. We've been playing together for years on and off. So that was the rhythm section I decided to use because I knew it would be
0: fun. Right. And so what were the sessions? Like? You, you recorded in two days, you said. So it must have been just get in there and do it, right? Well, you know, that's...
1: Two days is not very long. Right. And... Um, it when you're deciding on what what material you're going to record, which is the most decision most important decision, you have to consider what you can pull off, what's feasible for right. the time that you have. And um, I wanted to be fairly ambitious with some of the selections, and but there was not going to be any rehearsal time right. because they were on tour. I think they got back to town. The rhythm section got back to town the day before the recording session. And when they were in town, I was out of town. And when I was out of town, they were in town. So there was no rehearsal time. And so I basically decided, well, I don't want to just do easy. So I want to have some, you know, pretty straight ahead stuff, but I want to have some stuff that's got a vibe to it. And so I basically made... There was not really any time to rehearse. We had two days. That's not enough time to be in the studio learning the songs. And so... um I basically made in my. I have a studio in my house, my own recording studio. So I made demos of all the songs, and I played the drums and the upright bass and the piano and mixed them all and gave those to the guys and said, "This is how the, this is these are the arrangements I want. So right. we can want to learn the arrangements and then we can, you know, we can adapt or change or whatever when we get in there." <laughs> yep. So that's kind of what we did, really. So yeah, it was pretty much take after take, and we did the whole record and. In two days, gotcha. So with
0: the rec- that record has been recorded and in, in the in the can for a while. What are you doing now? You got working on anything new?
1: Well, during lockdown, I got my band together, my regular band. Right, and none of us had any gigs, you know, like everybody <laughs> yeah. else. So, so I said, "Well, come on, let's all get in the studio and just cut. Let's just record the tunes that we play on the show that we've never actually put on a record." Right, that was the idea. And um, and we started working on a on a new album. And it was going well until we had a hurricane.
0: Oh yeah. With, that was which slow stuff, down, yeah. Which ripped
1: off part of my roof and deposited sort of half a swimming pool through the back of my house, right into my recording studio. And so that was a year and a half ago. And we're just at the point now where the construction has been finished and I can start the gear back in. And once that's done, I think hopefully in June, I'll be able to go back and start finishing the record we started cool. two years ago. <laughs> so then we'll have a new album. So that's hey. been we've been we get hurricanes every year here in New Orleans. Yes. And uh, this one just happened to, to touch down right on my house. So that was bad news. But yeah.
0: Uh, yep. I, I, for a while I lived in Florida, so I went through a few hurricanes myself. I know they're what it's like them. They're pretty ferocious when when they want to be. Yeah. Uh, we got a cycle in here in, in New Zealand. We had a horrible summer. Summertime here is in January. And it was just, yeah. like, it was terrible. W- Weather is all wonky everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, it's bad here. And hurricane season starts um, next week here in New Orleans. Yep. So uh, well, my studio be done and completed and fixed just in time for hurricane season to start up. Nice. Then, <laughs> we nervously watch the weather forecast every day now for the next four, five, six, seven, eight
0: months. Yep, yep, yep. Well, well, that's the way it goes, I guess, when you're living in New Orleans. So, has the town changed? Because I remember when Katrina happened quite a while ago, and I, that must have had a, a major effect on the city itself. Has it kind of bounced back? Is it a different place than it was pre Katrina?
1: Well, you know, places change. Um, so it's hard to say now um, nearly 20 years later right? Whether, um, how different things might be at, at the time it was huge it was a really, 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 really big deal yep. uh, and uh, it did change the city I think, you know, there's a, um, I can't remember the exact numbers but a vast, vast number of people left the city and never came back Gotcha. Yeah. yep yep poorer New Orleans in whom is vested the large a large part of our tradition um, the population is back to pre- katrina levels um, but they're not New Orleans people these people have moved here from elsewhere and uh, which is great. you know New Orleans has a history of immigration people are coming from different yep. cultures. But but the culture part is important thing because it did it did change the culture here. For example, we now have gigs that start at, at eight o'clock in the evening. Right. <laughs> before, before Katrina, most gigs would start at eleven o'clock at night and go to three in the morning. Yeah. And so, from one gig I used to do in the back in the days with Johnny Adams would start at two o'clock in the morning and go to six o'clock in the morning. Was like, was, he
0: was,
1: he was, <laughs> not like anywhere else in the states. This was a late-night town. Right. It was, uh, it was, even though we're in the Deep South, it was kind of like the Wild West. <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway, so I don't know if it's as wild. Right. And as funky. as New Orleans will always be funky. It's, it's great. I still love it. I love it. But, yes, I think it changed. I think it just, I think Katrina dragged New Orleans up to the present day, where we were still kind of living 20 years behind everybody else.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Yeah. It's a great. I was there once and I had the best greeting ever. I was arriving at the airport. It was like five in the morning, six in the morning. I was flying in from New Zealand. And uh, the first person I saw coming out of the airport was Alan Toussaint. (laughs) It was was no doubt about it. It was him, you know, because he looks like he he, he was all dressed up in his suit and shoes and the tie and everything. I was like, man, you can't beat that. Sandals and socks. He always wore.
1: He always wore a suit with sandals and
0: socks. (laughs) (laughs) That was a
1: trademark thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's nowhere. There's nowhere in the world like New Orleans. Closest I found to New Orleans was Cuba. Oh yeah. Yep. In terms of people, look the same. Rice and beans. Yep. Good music. Um, Haiti, too. A lot of people in New Orleans uh, have their roots in Haiti, Um, and Cuba. So those places have uh, 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 similar, a similar feel. Right. I mean, of course, New Orleans became part of uh, the United States in the 1800s. Right. And so that process has been underway. But really, culturally, it's the northernmost part of the Creole world.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: It's ironic. You think of New Orleans as being the deep south. Right. Uh, culturally, <laughs> it's actually the far north. Right. It's the far north of that Creole world that you find that goes from Veracruz in Mexico to right. to and Martin and Guadalupe, and
0: Martinique, and Haiti. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, we're, every place is north from down here. <laughs> so are you coming, to, coming back to uh, New Zealand anytime soon? Got plans? I really hope so. I really want to bring my band. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think there are plans afoot to come to Australia uh, next year. 2004 and i'm hoping that the booking agents can uh tie it up with some some new zealand shows too because it's such a beautiful part of the world and i know there's a lot of music lovers there um i was oh, yeah. so long with you yeah. and i want everyone to hear my back i've got the killingest band <laughs> and, um, i just want everyone to hear it how good i feel like i'm showing off with, like can you believe how lucky am i to go on the stage playing with these guys all right you know? well, bring them down here we
0: want to see we want to hear <laughs> yeah well
1: hopefully we'll make it work
0: cool yeah. all right well it's almost june so you can start working on their next album that uh, you're talking about and yes yes yeah we'll be ready we'll be ready yep all righty well thank you very much for spending time with me i really appreciate it
1: oh very welcome you're very welcome and i uh, hope we get to see you down under you will.
0: If you come down under, we'll see you. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you very much. Hey. Bye. Bye. Bye now.